This programme is brought to you by Training Tilt. Training Tilt is a complete toolkit for coaches, health and fitness professionals and nutritionists. Combine your website, e-commerce needs, client communications and training plans into a single affordable platform. For more information, please go to www.lisatamati.co.nz forward slash training tilt. Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the podcast that gets deep into the psyche of extraordinary achievers across all genres, cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success, their achievement, philosophies, and motivations. Join us in the quest to find out what makes the movers and shakers of our world tick and what gems of wisdom we can learn from them. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. It's Pushing the Limits and Lisa Tamati, your host. And today I have my co-host with me and my business partner and great mate, Neil Wagstaff, once again uh, from Running Hot Coaching. And today we're going to be talking about a running technique. So um, I hope this is all, this is a episode for the runners out there who want to improve their running style, their running technique, their posture, all of that sort of good stuff. So welcome to the show, Neil. Thanks, Lisa. How you doing, mate? Yeah, very good, very good. Now, you know, we run uh, occasional day seminars on running technique and all the good sort of stuff. So, Neil, start us at the beginning. What's the most important things for a runner to know when that, when it comes to running technique? It's uh, that's a that's a big question, Lee. That's a big question. <laughs> it is a big <laughs> question. In other words, where the hell do we start, Neil? Please. <laughs> yeah, well, we, um, probably a good place to start is we with uh, obviously as you know, running hot coaching and in partnership with with Peak Fitness and Health at the gym. We we run Run Club every every term, and we just started a lot, uh, one of those last weekend with a uh, with another group of runners coming through. And what we do at the start of the day, um, as we've done on a one day run seminars, is we we do a slow motion video. And that that really is a, is a very quick and easy way to see where how people are running and where we can where we can help them. So we we see a lot of common things, um, and one of the biggest places to start is looking at where people are striking. So looking at their foot strike, and one of the most common things we're seeing in the videos is is people heel striking. So a lot of people heel striking with a real long stride. Now what that's going to do to the body is um, you're imagining depending on how how bad the heel strike is you can get somewhere between four um and 11 times your body weight coming back through your body so if you're hitting your heel on the floor you've got a long stride then you're getting all that weight coming back through from the ground reaction force back through your body and that's no surprise why a lot of people ending up with knee niggles hip niggles back issues and um and shoulder issues as well yep so good place to start is looking at looking at foot strike and for those those listening out there it's really easy to do get get someone to film you side on um and running past across probably a, a space of about sort of 50 50 to 60 meters and slow motion which most phones will do now and just have a look at where you're where you're landing if you're landing with your leg in front of your body on your heel or even flat footed in front of your body you can imagine now you've got to work really really hard to get all that weight that's behind your foot Back over your centre of mass, and then and then propel you forward again. And it's it's really a little bit hard to um, you know do a podcast or something like technique, isn't it? Because you you know you haven't got the visuals to, to sort of back it up. But I really highly recommend people do get their cameras out and do get someone to film them running because you might be shocked at what you see uh, that you're not completely unaware of. Um, so by doing this sort of uh, video session, you'll probably discover a number of things. And yeah, the first part of it would be the heel striking. So. Uh, where should you be landing then, Neil? 
ideally, um, and Dan, I don't know if you remember, Lise, when we went up and did our one of our courses, we went up and we spent the day weekend with Brian McKenzie. Yeah. And I, just talking about the videos before we move on, I when I saw mine, and we talk that we we really coach and teach from what we learn ourselves. I I didn't believe it was me because yeah. <laughs> my, my stripe was my stripe was pretty long, and I was like, whoa, it can't be my foot. It's not my leg. Um, <laughs> it will, to your point, it will highlight some some real real good things that you can then start start fixing quickly. Yeah. Uh, um, and there's there's some good yeah good little go tos you can do pretty easy to fix fix those things up. Yeah. So, Definitely, definitely worth worth doing. But back to your question, mate, is we, we where people should be landing, ideally midfoot. So what we mean by that is landing landing midfoot, ball of foot with the heel kissing the floor as you land. But one of the bigger things to focus on is making sure you're landing under your centre of mass. So what we mean by that is if if you as you're moving, you should be land your foot should be landing underneath your hips or under your centre of mass. If it's landing out in front, as we said before, it's going to break you. It's going to slow you down. So it's like getting in the car, putting the accelerator on and then hitting the brake, putting yeah. the accelerator on, hitting the brake. What we want to do is land under the center of mass. Real simply speaking, and probably the easiest way to describe it without visuals is that running is simply falling. So running is falling. If you can get comfortable falling forward. Falling forward. Yep. Then you're, you're going you're to start running a whole lot more comfortably. You want to imagine your chest as your accelerator. And you lean forward from the chest, bend at the ankles, and away you go. So Most that's, that, that's one of the things that I always found is a, is a key thing for me. If I and I, when I watch you run, uh, I've always noticed that you know super good posture in the chest. So that that having that where the solar plexus is basically, people, if you can really push forward with that that upper chest and that solar plexus and have a forward leaning look, so that you are you're looking like you're leaning forward. And then you have to step in order not to fall. That's what we mean by the falling uh, scenario that you're trying to get across, isn't it, Neil? Exactly. We want to, like a sailor uses the wind, we want to we want to use gravity. So another good thing to do is advise advise you to go out and watch a watch a five k. So watch a five k race or a ten k. Go and stand near the finish line. Watch people come in. You'll watch those that come in in the you know the first sort of ten percent. They look like they're gliding through. Watch where they're landing. So they'll be landing as we've described with their foot under their centre of mass, quite a short stride and quick feet. They're then they're then pull up at the end, you know, hanging out as if they're looking like they can do it again. As you go further down the field, you'll hear people coming, and the reason you'll hear people coming is because the stride is longer, and there there's more people heel striking. So you'll be able to hear that. That, that knock of the foot on the floor. So another another good thing to do is to go and go and observe other people other people running, and you start to pick up is that you, and can you can you can you tweak and change that? Yeah, and and also you know watching beautiful runners like even on YouTube or something. Um, exactly. you know, go and watch Usain Bolt in slow slow motion running. And okay, when we're running, we're not. Um, necessarily flicking the legs up so high as, as a sprinter does because, you know, we're, we're running longer and and uh, therefore shorter strides and, and, and so on. But you get the, the technique right and then you can extrapolate that out into the longer distances. What are some of the other key points that people should be looking for in their technique when they do this video? So where they're, what they're looking at is look from where they're, where they're pulling from. So if they're landing, we've got the landing sorted with landing under the centre of mass, midfoot with the heel kissing the floor, you then want to be using the muscles in the back of the body, the hamstring, the glutes to pull the leg back and up. So you should see some movement with those muscles. We see a lot of runners pulling heavily from the hip. 
Mm. So pulling the knee real high, which you find the longer you run, um, the further you're going, those muscles are just going to start screaming, screaming quickly. And we, we talk a lot of people, we say you get back pain, hip pain. That's why if you can start to transition that, that pull um, when you're running, pulling from the, the hamstring, then you're going to start to get some better results as well. Because that hip flexor in the front there is a tiny wee muscle, and if you're using that too much, it's going to tire a heck of a lot faster than the hamstring. And the hamstring is a, is a big, massive muscle that is used to doing long-term stuff. So one of the one of the ways that you can activate um, that hamstring into working, because you know, as people, it's getting. Um, you know, visually across <laughs> on a podcast is hard, but um, getting the um, the uh, the glutes firing in the right order. So it's, yeah, I mean, a great question. You're going to test me now with uh, with describing it without the without the visuals. Yeah. Well, we can, well, we've got some. Um, we have got some. obviously some videos of the drills that we can maybe attach to the podcast or direct people to afterwards. Lise, that's a great idea. We'll put in the links a whole lot of yeah, a couple of different uh, links to different videos to show what the heck we're talking about here. So because it's um, but yeah, some, I mean, some of the two ways you can look at it is one is you want to get the hamstring and the the glutes working more while you're running. So that's that's a case of following a series of drills. And um, there's other things you can you can do to strengthen the strengthen glutes and get the hamstrings working more effectively in the gym or at home as well, just by using your body weight. Yeah, so squats and the like, squat lunges, floor bridges, uh, stuff that are going to get the get the get those glute glute muscles fired up. And you get a, you get a nice booty while you're at it. You get a nice round booty. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's looking good while you're walking along the beach for the summer. Perfect. <laughs> very important. Very important. Um, what about the hands? Let's talk about the the upper body, the the, the arms. What are they doing in a correct? So the way? arms, it's again some of the quite saw this with quite a few people in the videos at the weekend as well. Often you find that the um, the arms are start to come out to the side, so you see the the chicken wings or the chicken arms, and you imagine you want to be moving yourself forward. If you've got the arms coming out to the the side a little bit more, and then they're crossing the front of the body. So if you imagine you've got a line down the middle of your body, once the arms start crossing the body and the elbows start popping out the side. That's just going to slow the process down. It's always also going to give you a lot of um, rotation through the trunk as well. So Gil- what- girls are particularly bad at that, aren't they? You know, we've got you know often uh, weak around the hip area, and, and um, you know you often see girls uh, with knock knees and their their legs turning in and their elbows out. Um, it's quite a common common problem. Uh, yeah, and some of the some of the guys have seen as well. The you know similar so it's, it's it's across the board with with both sexes it's just it's just getting coaching people to get those arms back in bring the elbows in a bit tighter we get people imagining they've got a piece of electric wire down the down the middle of their body they're not allowed to electrocute themselves so they've got to, got to keep those arms in the same plane of motion and moving forward a lot of that that is tidied up as well with um giving some exercise to relax the shoulders a lot of people are very tense and tight through the the upper traps mm-hmm. and neck muscles so by relaxing those, getting the, the muscles in between the shoulder blades, getting those fired up and stronger, it'll hold the uh, shoulder in a better position. And then obviously the, the tightening the core as well. So getting the core fired up, it'll hold the hips in a better position, protect your lumbar pelvic hip complex, and then relaxing the shoulders. Yeah, so you don't want to be having any motion going up and down or side to side or as little as possible um, as you're going along. So what about the head the, where, where should the hip be, Neil? Like the, we, we don't want to see people bobbing up and down, do we? No, no, no it's, it's, it's a case of keeping that neck and spine in good alignment, especially as you're running longer. The more that head falls forward, the more weight you're going to carry. Oh, so that's the, always a problem I had. Yep, head always skull, tipping down. 
Yeah, skulls. I remember, I remember when we started. I remember the skulls are pretty. Um, you know, it's a, it's a heavy thing to carry around. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing that over the sort of distances you do, Lisa, then it's you know it's, it's going to get heavy. That's then going to transfer down your body. It's going to pull the shoulders forward. It's going to get you bending at your hips. Um, it's going to put pressure on the knees. The feet are going to change position. All of a sudden, that nice lean you were talking about at the start of the podcast, that lean's Becomes gone. Becomes a crumpled knees. Yeah, exactly. So it's. Yeah, it's, good. It's, it's getting the neck and spine in good alignment, shoulders relaxed and going from there. So, and, and also, um, if you can picture yourself being like being pulled from a balloon from the top of your head in the forward. Yep. Um, so you're being pulled along so that, that neck is nice and long and straight and there's an extension of the body and not tipped forward. And as you get fatigued, and if you watch me in a couple of ultramarathon movies and docos, yeah, I look like a staple where I've completely lost the muscle strength and, and you know the form's gone. And it will eventually happen to us all. But if you can keep that uh, form for as long as possible. So what are some of the ways people can keep that form and, you know, that correct form going? It's a combination of working out. And, and this is where you, those of you listening, if, you, if you're at a gym or you've got access to a trainer or a coach or obviously you're more than welcome to give us a, us a shout for, for questions. But you want to work out which muscles are short and tight. So real simple way of looking at it, if a muscle is short and tight on one side of your body, chances are well, it's going to be long and weak on the other side. So the example of looking at your chest muscles, if your chest muscles are, are tight, then your shoulder is going to be rounded forward slightly, which means Sweet. the muscles in between your shoulder blades are going to be long and weak. So we want to perform some stretches for the, for the chest, so the pec muscles. So if you look at some stretches to open up the chest and then some exercises to strengthen up the muscles in the shoulder blades, you then start to get balance in the body. So once you've got the balance, you can then start to hold yourself in position properly. And that replies all the way down the body. So the same with the hips. Um, the hip flexors often become um, short and tight, which means the glutes are, or the, the butt muscles are long and weak. So you've got a lazy ass. Mm-hmm. So the lazy ass, we want the tight ass, as you were saying, ready for the, ready for the beach. Yep. We want to be stretching out those hips as much as you can. Stretching out the hips to open up the, the front of the, the hip area get the pelvis back to neutral and then you get that balance through the body which then means the as you shorten the stride pick up your the pace of your feet increase your cadence lands under your center of mass all of a sudden you've got a balanced body that's a whole lot more comfortable running a whole lot more comfortable yeah and this is like independent of your you know your genetic ability or your your speed or your vo2 max this is these are things that you can do that it will help everybody if they can improve their running form. They will be faster. They, you know, you might not uh, be Usain Bolt, but you'll you'll be faster for who you are, you know, and, and optimizing your potential uh, if you can get this this technique correct. And it's also very important for injury prevention. Um, and this is why you know Neil and I preach on about the importance of strength and conditioning and the importance of mobility work if you're a runner. It's not just about collecting kilometres, is it, Neil? No, no, far, far from it. And, and we're seeing better results, much better results by getting people running less. They're still doing the same amount of training volume, but they're they're running less. And some of those, some of those, those unnecessary Ks or those junk miles are then converted into uh, mobility sessions or strength sessions, which then means we're balancing the body when we're not running. So that when we are running, we the whole structure is in a much better position to do the to do the job it should. So you uh, you talk about the kinetic chain a lot, um, and this was a concept that was new to me a couple of years ago when you talked about it. Explain that a little bit. Um, kinetic chain is simply looking at the the body the body as one. So if you think of kinetic chain having a series of series of checkpoints, so 
if if you if you're listening and want to get moving, you can stand up at home, and you want to make sure as you stood up, your feet are facing forwards. Um, the knees should be should be facing forwards as well, and tracking over the toes. Your, your pelvis should be sitting in a neutral position, and shoulders should be should be sitting back and down. And exactly as we've been talking about along the neck and spine in line. So those checkpoints throughout the throughout the body, if you if you always remember those, when you're out running and you've got some sort of discomfort, the chances are one of those checkpoints has come out of alignment. So it may be that the core switched off slightly, so therefore the the pelvis is tilted forward, and you start to feel some pain in the lower back. It could be that your you've you, you've changed your foot strike and your arch has started to collapse slightly, so you've now got some pain through the the ankle and knee. So if your body's giving you a, a, a sign from the kinetic chain or talking to you, the biggest bit of advice we give is to start listening to it because you can adjust that through the mobility, the strength work, get the kinetic chain back in alignment, and then all of a sudden it becomes a pleasurable experience. Too many people, Lisa, and I was, I was speaking to people in the course on Saturday, are still saying that they, they associate running with pain. Yeah. It's something that they've just got to break through. And they're like, right, well, running's painful. That's what I do, and if I – if I get myself, you know, stronger in the head, I can do more of it. And a yep. lot of people are doing it on pure grit and determination. Which is cool because you learn other stuff from, from doing that, but it is, it, <laughs> you can make really life easier cool. as well. And that's the exciting thing when you see the amount of that, the amount of grit and determination the, these people are presenting with and showing us. You then add some tidying up the efficiency, the technique, the strength, the mobility. These people are then in a position they can go a, a lot further, a lot more comfortably and or a lot quicker depending on what their goals are. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, so what are some of the drills? You know, run us through a couple of the drills. And when we talk about drills, we, 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 we're talking about, you know, doing this on, in, in regular regular intervals during your, your training regime. So, you know, three or four times a week, you should be doing some short drill sessions. It's always good as a warm-up. I always use my drill session, you know, first 10 minutes as a warm-up. Um, run us through a few of the drills. So one of my one of my favourites and go-tos for, for a lot of people that um, that we're working with and seeing and, and for me personally is the ball of foot hops. So real real simple. You're just going to stand um, with your feet feet underneath your hips, feet about sort of shoulder width apart or running stance apart, hip width apart, and you're just going to bounce up and down on the balls of your feet. As you're doing that, make sure that your heels are kissing the floor. If you're bouncing with too far forward on your foot, your calves are going to tighten up and you'll know quickly. So a nice bounce with on the midfoot with the heel kissing the floor. What you're going to do then is just lean forward from the ankles, use the chest as the accelerator, so lean from the ankles, lean forward, and just into a, into a gentle jog. What that would do is the ball of foot hops is guaranteeing that you're landing midfoot, your heel's kissing the floor, and you're landing under your centre of mass. Why is that heel kissing the floor very important? Because you know, often we see toe runners, don't we? Yeah, if you go too far forward on your foot, which some people, they start playing with technique doo-doo, then if you spend a lot of time running up on the on the forefoot, the calves just, just will, will lock up very, very quickly. You end up Achilles and Achilles problems and all sorts. A lot of fascia problems and, and all sorts. So getting the getting the heel down with the, the knees soft, it, it means as well your body's absorbing the shock much more effectively. So you're landing on that mid to forefoot, uh, but you're touching, kissing the ground with your with your heel and then quickly moving forward. So cadence is, cadence, the, yeah. Yeah, is, is very important. A high cadence, which meaning you know the number of revolutions per minute or number of steps per minute yeah. um, is really important. What's about it? What's an ideal for, say, um, a marathon runner? 
the ideal is getting it up to um, around 90, 90 steps per minute off each foot, so 180 total. But what I, what I want to stress there is that a lot of people can get very hung up on that, and we often have the conversation about tracking numbers, tracking heart rate, tracking speed. It can take away the fun. Yeah. What I've, what I've started doing from experience of people getting too focused on it is just working out where someone's at to start with. So it might be that they're uh, uh, 75, 76 steps off each foot. So they're a little way off where they need to be, but simply by helping them shorten their stride, so focusing on shortening their stride, they may get up into the 80s. They pick the feet up a little bit quicker, and all of a sudden they're seeing some improvements in comfort and efficiency. But, and what, then, but isn't that counterintuitive to, you know, do a short step? You know, when you when you think of, of, of sprinters, you know, the beautiful runners, um, they're taking a long step, aren't they? They're just leaning more. So the difference between you when you you were you're running through Death Valley yeah. and the bolt is just the lean. So the it's how far you're leaning forward. So if you're leaning forwards, the stride, yes, it will get longer, but the the the, the cadence will increase as well. Yeah. So that, that cadence will improve and get faster. The the faster your feet are coming on and off the ground as well, just a point to, to remember is it means the less time you're spending with your feet on the floor. The longer your feet on the floor, the, the less time you're spending moving forward. That so makes sense? If, yeah, so if you can picture a rugby player, you know, the old the olden day rugby player, not so much the, the modern day ones, but where they used to, you know, the big guys and they're rolling from side to side and and you can see them coming down the, the, the roadway and you think, yeah, he's a rugby player. He's running like he's going to get tackled every step. Um, all the weight's going and planting into the ground on one side and then it's planting into the ground on the other side and they're rocking backwards and forwards. Um, or side to side, sorry. Um, that's that's what we're trying to avoid. We want to be touching the ground and quickly lifting that foot up into the next step as quickly as possible, so that you're like a a, a delicate fairy <laughs> bouncing across the <laughs> <laughs> or a ballerina. You know, that's 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 a, got a light touch and and onto the next step. So don't be yeah, the rugby imagine, player, be the ballerina. Imagine the yeah, hot sand works well as well, so you get yeah. your feet. Off the sand. I don't know if you remember the. I was telling the story. Oh no, well, you will remember. You tell this story all the time. But the um, the when you you got me doing my first hundred and made me cry. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I've made uh, you cry. And uh, we about. I, I was just explaining to the group on Saturday about the that I could hardly walk for three days afterwards. So I explained that, and I, you know, at that stage it was like this is this is pretty normal. Just run my first hundred k. I, yeah. I shouldn't be able to walk. And then comparing that to when we, we ran across the country last year yep. um, for, for Samuel and we, we ran from Taranaki to, back to Hawke's Bay and day after feeling great and quite comfortable moving around. And the biggest difference was I'd shortened my stride massively, um, much quicker on the feet and much more effective. So what was what's changed massively is that recovery as well. And that, and that was done less training too, by the way, because, you know, back in the day you had more time, you didn't have three kids, and you had actually had more time to train for the 100, whereas that, that, that one across the North Island was done on very little training and actually you pulled up super well. Yeah, and you didn't make me cry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that mean. Well, remember how you made me cry in Death Valley when you tripped me up? But that's another story. Yeah. That's got nothing to do with technique, Lee, so I'll leave that one for another bit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trip up tired, fatigued runners. You'll make them cry. <laughs> All right. Well, people, that's your, that's the podcast for today. Lots of information there, lots of of, of gold for, for runners who, who are wanting to improve their technique and improve their um, – 
their speed and their efficiency and their injury prevention. So remember, technique is important, mobility is important, strength and conditioning is important, and your mindset is important, not just collecting thousands of kilometres, eh, Neil? That's right. That's right. And what we do, Lisa, um, what's the best way to get the, we've got that, our, our drills PDF? Yeah, yeah. Send me, yeah, send me some of those links. We'll put those in the show notes, people, so that you can link to them, have a look at them, and start to integrate them. And we would love to help you with your running goals. Um, come and check us out at runninghotcoaching.com. We can get you trained up, whether you're an absolute beginner, starting from the couch to the first 5Ks, or whether you're doing a half marathon, marathon, or an ultra marathon, of course, and you know we love, especially love working with. Well, my, what we most commonly work with is women in their thirties and forties who've got kids who are really busy and they want to do something epic. So if that sounds like you, please come and give us a yell. We do work with the guys too. We work, you know, in the ultra distance and uh, right across the board. But if you're feeling like you just need a bit of guidance, you just need a bit of structure, you don't know quite how to improve everything and you want to have a crack at maybe a 10k or a half marathon or a marathon and you haven't got much time, we can help you do it efficiently uh, with the least amount of pain with the most amount of uh, joy. I think that would be a good way of putting it, eh Neil? Yeah, perfect mate, spot on. (laughs) All right, everybody, thanks again for joining us on Pushing the Limits and we'll talk to you again soon. Take this opportunity to tell you about my new e-course, The Path of an Athlete, that I just launched recently. This is all about how to develop mental strength, resilience and tenacity, learning how to overcome the barriers to reaching your full potential and stop those limiting beliefs that have held you back. Whether it be in your personal life, your career or in your sporting goals, you can control the outcome of your life. For more information, please go to www.lisatamati.co.nz forward slash e-course.